Welcome to the Foxworthy Podcast. We are back again. Popular demand. We have another Survivor Podcast. Um, we'll get to our special guests in just a second. Let me reintroduce all of our Survivor Fantasy crew. As we do every time. I'm Taylor, and uh, here with me is Levi. How are you doing, Levi? I'm feeling good, Tails. Oh, sorry. I've got to readjust myself to the mic. <laughs> I'm feeling great, Tails. Ty is back. Ty, how are you doing? I'm good, doing good. Happy to be here. And Jordan might be here. She's off in the distance. I don't know if we'll if she'll make it or not. Hello, <laughs> Jordan. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, let me introduce our special guest. Last time uh, we did this, we had Sunday Burquest from Survivor Millennials vs Gen X. Now we have another uh, Survivor to balance out the equation. I guess we had a Gen Xer. Now we have a Millennial. And it's uh, Michelle Schubert. How are you doing, Michelle? I'm doing great. Thank you. Awesome. Where are you calling from, Michelle? (laughs) I am currently calling from Yakima, Washington. Oh, what a beautiful state. First time caller, no time listener. (laughs) (laughs) All right. But we're really excited to have Michelle here. We're going to get into all kinds of uh, fun stuff with her. We'll have some rapid-fire questions Towards the end, I guess we'll try yeah. to try to get to know Michelle through some some fun stuff. Michelle, some, Michelle was go, a, go ahead. <laughs> Michelle was a collective favorite of the whole Survivor watching crew. Um, she was on my fantasy Survivor team and brought me a ton of points. Um, <laughs> not saying that we're going through all of my Survivor picks, but Sunday was on my team. Michelle was on my team. <laughs> I was first place for like a long time. Are you done? <laughs> okay. Uh, so I want to start with this, Michelle. I, I think that it's been a little while for everyone now. I mean, obviously, you guys who were on the show have been away from the island for quite a while. But even us watching it, it's been it's been a little while now. So I guess let's just start off sort of generally. What has stuck with you the most from the whole experience? Man, it was a crazy experience. So uh, I tell people it was like climbing a mountain because there's such difficult parts things that like are not fun at all mm-hmm. and uh but things that are amazing and then and very physically trying emotionally trying all these things and then at the end of it you kind of like take a breath and go whoa that was awesome <laughs> I want to do it again. so yeah that's you, kind of the feeling using the analogy of a mountain what would you feel like are some uh, some mountaintop experiences that you experienced on Survivor? Well, it was really cool, firstly, to see how little you can live with, how little you can survive with. You know, there's absolutely nothing around you. There's You don't have social media. You don't have phones or internet or even friends or family or shelter or food or anything at all. And it was just interesting to see how you still live, you still survive, you still life still goes on. And I think that was one of those kind of cool realizations was how we're able to overcome and survive through things like that. Other things were just cool. You know, the challenges are amazing and made specifically for you. And so it was really neat to, like, do the challenges or to, to win a challenge or to, you know, realize that I was good at puzzles or this sort of thing. <laughs> those are all kind of neat experiences. I think maybe my favorite mountaintop experience was after the first time we went to tribal council, like realizing, you know, that we just pulled off a blind side, you know. It was and which was that? Me. Which vote was that? That was in episode two. Uh, the vote was going to be against Biggie, and, and within, you know, an hour or two, we, we switched it all around. Jay and I switched it all around to have Mari uh, mm. go home that night. Oh, Mari, she went home too early. But good I know, move. Good I know, move. I agree. <laughs> I had, we had to do something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Ended up being it. I think we were. We all thought Mari was going to do really well after her little preseason videos and stuff. But yeah, she looked dynamic. She looked ready to go. But honestly, uh, Figgy made better TV than Mari did. 
So what was your background with the show before coming on it as far as uh, your relationship with it or just knowledge of it? Yeah, so I am a terrible millennial. <laughs> I own it. Are you uh, calling us from a landline? So I actually had not really been a TV or movie watcher for about 15 years or so. Uh, Since I was in high school, I stopped watching TV. uh, Just, I don't know, a personal decision I made and never got back into it unless I was with friends or family who who were watching something. Then I was, you know, I could join in. But uh, the only thing really that I've even seen on TV in the past few years was Survivor. And that was because I have a brother and a sister-in-law who are huge Survivor fans. So they would, they would have me come over and, and watch it with them and stuff like that. Then I started receiving calls from, I mean, I got kind of recruited through, through a casting agent and then eventually the directors of the show. So... Once I started talking to them, realizing that it might be a possibility that I would be on the show, I started binge-watching Survivor, and <laughs> just, just about most of the seasons, and some of them multiple times. Wow, so Survivor was both your favorite and least favorite show ever? It's the only, the only show that you watched? <laughs> Wait, did, does that mean, did you submit a casting tape? Uh, eventually, yes, but not before I started talking to them. How did you get hooked up with them? another huge Survivor fan, tipped off a casting agent to look at my Facebook profile. And that casting agent liked what he saw and ended up hooking me up to the right people and the rest of the history. So uh, what was that like for you? I, I mean, did you were you thinking, oh, I'd be great for this? Or was it like, wow, I don't, I don't know. Like instantly, I felt like I'd be great for it. In fact, when I told my family uh, about it, they said, "Oh my gosh, how come we haven't thought of this sooner? Like your your life is Survivor." Um, And I'm not exactly. I think at the time, uh, I'm kind of seen maybe as an adrenaline junkie or like to do adventurous things, like to travel, like to I don't know. I'm athletic. I like puzzles. But you know, everything that's kind of involved in the show. I like people. So, um, it all kind of added up. Well, we, I could definitely see, like, like you like puzzles, you like people. That was all pretty obvious in the show. But um, the sh- what I saw on the show of you was someone who was, like, pretty pretty calm compared to people we saw, like Figgy. Um, Jay was pretty wild at times. Uh, Michaela was wild. Um, what Describe yourself as an adrenaline junkie. What do you mean by that? Right. I was maybe I was maybe more of a grounding force in, in the millennial tribe. Yeah. I had a lot of big personalities, really fun personalities. But then I I got the nickname right off the bat Namaste because they all view me as really peaceful. Um, a nickname I fully uh, accepted. But in in you know real life, in my real like day-to-day life, um, certain hobbies I have, things like rock climbing or highlining, uh, which is like slack lining, but, you know, over a chasm, 200 feet high, things like what? that. What? Um, that yeah, doesn't sound that high. I mean. that sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, even though you're, you're technically safe, it's probably the scariest thing I've ever intentionally done. Like, much scarier than skydiving or, or things like that. But you've been skydiving as well. Now, I, I should back up quickly just to mention uh, this is a TV podcast, but that doesn't matter. We we got someone from TV, so even if she's only watched one TV show, whoever's listening can just get over it because she's got the inside info. But wait, I, I do want to ask you quickly about that again. How long did you say you went pretty much without watching any TV or movies or anything? Uh, somewhere between 10 and 15 years. I mean, it was back when I was in high school that I made the decision to stop watching TV. Oh, that was the other thing I wanted to ask you was why. What, what, was the in, what went into your decision? Oh, man. So I'm kind of an all-or-nothing person. And in high school, I was really into running. I was, you know, I was planning on paying for my school, my college, with uh, running and... Um, hopefully further than that, and 
I learned that when you're sitting down watching TV, your blood volume is lowering because your body works to be efficient. So if it doesn't need so much, you know, oxygen being carried through your blood, it will take less and get accustomed to that. So I thought, well, I don't want my body to get accustomed to, you know, traveling with less oxygen. So I'm going to stay active all day long. <laughs> and so I did. All right. No, uh, time out. I'm going to nerd out for a second. What did, did you run cross country or track? Yes. Both? <laughs> what what yeah. event did you run in, in track? Uh, anything 4x4, 800, uh, 1600, 32. Uh, 5K PR. Uh, 1769. <laughs> I was fast for a moment. Uh, <laughs> for a brief moment. Oh, uh, my fast. Year, senior year. I was actually the, the state champion in Washington. Oh, wow. Wow, yeah, you're. I was going to say, you're definitely faster than me. <laughs> Yeah, but now you're a state champion forever. State champion forever. And I, I have been made fun of this, by the way, for people who don't who don't run XC, who didn't run XC. Uh, PR is personal record. It's your best time for for the record. If, if no one knew. <laughs> but uh, wow, so that's that's fun. I guess we should pivot back towards Survivor. Uh, this okay, is okay. this. We'll stop nerding out for a second. So we talked with Sunday a lot. I mean, she was someone who felt like her edit was sort of, you know, unfair to the way she thought she played the game. And yeah. we wanted to talk with you, I guess, sort of how you felt about the way you were portrayed versus the way that you felt you played. Yeah, I I feel like they did a great job of casting this season. Like they had amazing personalities, amazing people. Uh, and they had so many amazing people. There's no way to actually show, you know, what everyone is like and what everyone did and everyone's intentions and everyone's, you know, highs and lows. So, you know, they had to pick the best story, you know, amidst all the stories. So, I, interestingly, you know, Mike, I, I want to say my character, but, you know, my edit, I should say, um, <laughs> was much quieter and calmer in the background than than what I perceived it was on the island. That was the major difference. I think lack of food and sleep definitely played into into it. I definitely wasn't as like uh, boisterous or gregarious as I think I am when I'm fully fed and <laughs> well rested. But I think they they let my my persona more in the background than it was, I guess. Um, they did show, like, my strategic gameplay, at least early on. I'm thinking mainly of, like, the episode two during the Mari vote, and maybe a little bit later, but, uh, but I don't feel like they showed the control that I had uh, early on, you know, pre-tribe swap, and that is something I wish they would have shown. Do you think that um, your personality and the way your head sort of followed you home, because, like, you... You had some good interviews and talked about things like, has anyone asked you about like dragons or anything like that? <laughs> yeah. Oh man, a lot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it is hilarious uh, how much fan art I receive. Me and dragons, like my face, <laughs> like Photoshop into a picture with dragons or, you know, something like that. Uh, it's hilarious. And I love it, by the way. I love those pictures. Yeah, so take us um, through, what, what was your dragon take again? Oh, I, I have a lot, I don't know. It's very in-depth. But essentially, I think that uh, the description of dragons from, you know, the 200-plus cultures that describe dragons match very suspiciously with that of dinosaurs. And so many people, even I think Carl Sagan even wrote a book about it, how uh, he believes that dragons and dinosaurs probably refer to the same animal, but he has a different conclusion than I do about you know, <laughs> why that would be. <laughs> so what went into the decision to actually go full out dragon dress on TV? <laughs> okay, well, so one thing, of course, you don't see is that, um, you know, were there, well, were there 20 
hours a day and you're sitting on the beach with the same people and you've talked about everything. There were literally times we talked about our best friends from elementary school. And, you know, you talked about literally everything. And so, and we'd always have a topic kind of like somebody would say, okay, uh, talk about your best friend from elementary school. And we'd all sit around and, and talk about that. And then uh, maybe somebody would say, okay, talk about, you know, and whatever would come up. And so I don't know, how, I don't even remember how it came up, but the, the topic of, I don't know, something allowed me to, to jump in there with my, my dragonology. And <laughs> did you think when you, did you think when you said it, like, oh, this is going to be on TV? <laughs> I mean, you have cameras around you all day long, so you, you end up thinking, well, I, I do have to be careful what I say, but at the end of the day, like, whatever, you know, this is, it's entertainment and it's fun, and let's talk about what we want to talk about. Yeah. Um, we don't want to get too deep into the into the survivor strategy stuff, but I do want to ask: Did Adam? So this is this is about Final Tribal. Did Adam? Did anyone else besides Adam have a chance going into Final Tribal, or was he pretty much the guaranteed winner by the time Final Tribal rolled around? I would say he was pretty much the guaranteed winner, unless Hannah or Ken came out with information that that nobody else knew. And I don't know what that could have looked like, but well, if it could have come out that that they meant to be playing the game the way they were, and then and then aha, gotcha! Like I don't know, somehow you know, if there yeah. was some piece of information that we had missed. Otherwise, uh, Adam was the clearly most strategic player. Well, at, the, at that point, what about what about Ken turning on um, David? What it, that seemed to not really land with anyone. But Ken, but in, at least in our view of the show, Ken really did play an integral role in getting David kicked out. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure he did. I think, although I think most of us respected that move like a lot, I think it was just a little, like, a too little, too late. If if there would have been, and, and he was, he's he's a great guy. He like he, I would be happy if he was the winner too. But but as far as just the game goes. If he would have shown more strategy at all earlier in the game, I think I think it would have looked different maybe for him in the end. And you were the longest tenured jury member, right? Yeah. So, I mean, were, were people basically coming in near the end and you're just sitting in the corner with like a beard and a cane and you're like, oh, I'll show you guys the way around the jury. <laughs> like, what was it like being yeah. there for so long? You don't. Ha- you still don't have. You're still fully sequestered. You still don't have a cell phone and internet. You can't actually do any work. You can't. You can't do anything. So you're there on a small island, you know, with whoever gets voted out. So really, when they would come come out of the game, we would try to let them. Gr- we'd welcome them, let them grieve for a moment, let them, you know, vent, and then we'd start to try to cheer them up and show them what they can do and how they can now enjoy the rest of their Fijian vacation. Uh, speaking of sabbatical, uh, I haven't really gotten a clear answer on this, uh, I guess. What, what happened at the part where there was uh, basically a hurricane and everybody had to leave the island for like a day? Oh, man. There is no way they could have shown how bad that cyclone was. It was, that was torturous. But yeah, Jeff showed up on day two, you know, and it was, uh, we had a moment where it was not so bad and said, guys, it's actually ramping up. Let's get going. Took us to a different island, kind of uh, maybe in a safer area. As Jeff, you know, Jeff had an, an interview about this as well. And it was just, cameras were off, so we were on what they call lockdown. You can't talk to each other, um, mm. you know, Whoa. just a, a boring, however, however, very welcomed, like you said, sabbatical from the game for a moment. Uh, we were all so tired. And so we had a concrete slab to sleep on. Oh, nice. That's what we did. <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't like, you know, we didn't, like, go to a hotel or something. It was just a room with concrete floor and roof, fortunately. We kind of assumed you guys went to a resort somewhere or Ponderosa and just really, like, lived it up. No, no. We completely stopped the game. All aspects of the game stopped except for the discomfort. Have you, I mean, you've, t- you've touched on this a little bit, but have you ever been more uncomfortable than you were living on an island for 
39 days? Not for such a long period of time, like physically. Not physically uncomfortable like that. Um, the worst part for me was the cold at night. Mm. Hands down, that was the worst. Uh, because I was I was so cold. I didn't have a coat. I didn't even know we were allowed to bring a coat. So I didn't have one. <laughs> oh, no. um, You're like, oh, it's the and, beach. It'll never be cold. <laughs> and so I could hardly sleep at night. I'd get like two or three hours of sleep a night and spend the rest of the night like looking for firewood or whatever in the dark. You know, you don't have a flashlight or anything. So you're feeling around. Is this wood? <laughs> um, and... Um, that was awful for me. Um, they also didn't show like a lot of the um, little discomforts. You know, I, I had an allergic reaction to something probably like approximately day 16 or so. Um, and so my, my feet and legs were like covered in hives and they were like nice. welted and kind of, oh, it was, it was really bad. And then I had really bad like um, reactions to bug bites. Yeah. yeah. It was uh, quite discomfort I mean, and discomforting. I wonder if just no one would admit this after being on Survivor, but like you got to think about quitting like more than one time a day, right? <laughs> okay, that's the thing. That's the thing. It's, a, it's an interesting life lesson as well because you're you wake up and you're hungry because you, and you just had dreams all night about food, about <laughs> grandma's refrigerator and mom's rolls, and like <laughs> um, and then you know that if you quit, it's all over. You know, like, you you can go get a donut or whatever, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> but as long as you don't quit, you're still in the game. You know, there's only really two ways to get out of the game. It's either you quit or you get voted out. And as long as you don't quit, you can still win a million dollars. You can still, like, overcome this mountain. So I think, every, I think it crosses everybody's mind, but I think it's also easy not to quit. Well, that's motivational because you know what, guys, if you if you quit on life, there's no donuts. No donuts. As far as I know. Right. <laughs> Don't quit. <laughs> I think that's actually a good point to sort of transition into a conversation we want to have about being a Christian and being on uh, a TV show like this where by nature it sort of likes to uh, – reduce people down to whatever they, their TV essence is, I guess. Because even on TV, I'm pretty sure all it said for you was it just said, Michelle, missionary, or like something like that. Yeah. So yeah. I guess let's start with that sort of this idea of coming into something, you know, you've lived for a few years and you're like, oh, my life is complicated and confusing. And now they're just going to frame me as this one specific thing like what was what was it like wrapping your head around that first of all before we get into some of the specifics of it okay well so i had talked to i talked to a previous survivor just before the the season aired i talked to a previous survivor who was also a christian and talked to her about her edit and she said something like you know what i only quoted five or six verses the entire time i was on the island and guess what? Every single one of those verses was, you know, shown. Like, they showed me, quote, every one of them. And right then, I was like, oh, no. I probably quoted 50. <laughs> like, are they just going to have this, like, montage of me being like, well, in the book of Joshua. And then the next, you know, John 3.16 says, you know, like, I had this terrible <laughs> image in my head of what I thought they might show. Um, it would have been funny, but I also know that, you know, being in a post-religious culture that would not be super popular. It didn't bother me to be called a missionary. I just wondered how they were going to show it. Mm -hmm. That was what what the the nervous, the nerves were about inside me. So being out on an island with uh, sort of 20 random people and knowing that you had this this faith and this sort of lifestyle, how did that mesh with the other people you were with? Were they accepting? Were they kind of just like... They'd ignore it and be like, oh, cool, you're a Christian, blah, blah, blah. Was it not brought up much? Kind of, you know, because we had Sunday on and she was like, well, I was a Christian, but I didn't try to throw it in anyone's face. So I didn't really talk about it a lot. So, like, what was your sort of strategy with, you know, living your Christian walk out there? Yeah. So, I mean, people people talk about what they're excited about, right? That's kind of how we work as, as humans. Right. And I can't help but talk about it. Um, but I also don't expect anyone to believe like I do and don't expect people to like obey a God they don't believe in. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think 
that made made our conversations actually pretty cool and, and beneficial, like an open-minded conversation with people who don't believe the same way, but none of us expected to change each other's minds, um, but rather we're able to have just genuine conversation about, I don't know, things we've been through or seen or the way that our faith or lack thereof affects our life. And it, it was a, a common conversation, and I, I enjoyed it a lot, actually. What, you know, one thing they didn't show, it, it ended up being fairly well accepted even by the tribe. Um, somebody suggested that we all pray before the challenges. So at, at the Millennial Beach, one thing you didn't see was we would always pray before the challenges. Hmm. So that was kind of cool. Another thing that actually I kind of wish they would have shown, uh, but I don't know if there would even be good footage because of uh, the cyclone. But night one, Jay was kind of giving me a hard time uh, about being a missionary or something. And he said, if your God is so you know strong or something, you know, ask him to stop the rain. And so I said out loud, I just prayed out loud, I was like, God, can you please stop the rain? <laughs> and literally right then, the rain stopped. And everybody around, you know, I think <laughs> me and Jay, and, and maybe Will was present too, but go, oh my gosh, you know, it just stopped. And it started out 10 minutes later, but it was hilarious <laughs> for the moment. And I, I wish that would have been shown. Oh, wow, yeah. <laughs> you talked about having these open-minded sort of uh, deep discussions with people and sort of going into it with your own firm beliefs on each side, I guess, made it more interesting. Uh, I, I'm, I'm curious, like, how much of that part of Survivor sort of sticks with you? Like, because I imagine when you're spending so many hours a day with people, you're going to find yourself having deep conversations sort of out of nowhere just because you have nothing better to do. Like, uh, what, how many of those yeah. conversations did you have and, and, and sort of who were some of the people you liked to talk to the most? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so even though I had a lot of conversations, uh, like pretty much with everybody, really, to be honest, uh, I think the conversations that were real and, like, transcended the game uh, were much fewer than I expected. Um, I think I think everybody welcomes any conversation during the game because of strategy. If somebody comes up to you and wants to talk to you or whatever, it's in your best interest, of course, to go along with them and to you know humor them, I guess you could say, and then at the given moment transition into strategy talk. So there ends up being a lot more good conversation that isn't actually genuine conversation. Mm-hmm. And I think there were a few people that I was able to have genuine conversation with um, on these topics. And I, would, I think, I'm, I mean, I'm probably missing someone, but I feel like that was Adam. Adam and I had some good conversation like that. Ken and I had some conversation like that. Jessica, and even and Figgy and Taylor as well. Those are kind of the, the conversations I feel like we were really being real. Uh, we weren't pulling punches just to stay on each other's good side. But at the same time, staying, you know, civil and friendly and inviting about yeah. the conversation. Yeah. And taking a hard left from what you just said, we remember <laughs> in your introduction video how you had you had a lot of uh, great things to say about being a missionary and about life and then about how you're not afraid to uh, flirt a little bit to get your way. How did that manifest itself in the game? Did you Did you actually ever flirt your way into a better situation in the game. Okay, yeah, so, so <laughs> that interview, first of all, that interview was about an hour and a half interview, which was 90 seconds. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I knew that, well, I suspected, I shouldn't say I knew, I should say I suspected that if it comes time to make an alliance or to vote with somebody, and it's between you know, Jay voting with, you know, either me, a single girl, or, you know, someone else, a married woman, you know, I think I would have the advantage in that power struggle. (laughs) Um, And so I, you know, so I decided to keep, uh, at the time, I, the boyfriend that I had, I decided to keep him, you know, under wraps for that sake. And I think that did help. I think Jay and I, like, our alliance formed with both of us thinking, well, hopefully we can use this, you know, flirt card to, uh, to stay in a, you know, a power alliance. You said, how did your boyfriend feel about that? 
think that he knew it was he knows it's a game. And, uh, <laughs> he also knew that I had feelings for him and not for other people. So yeah. Well, let me ask you this: I, we talked a little bit with Sunday about you know I think Ty mentioned this a few minutes ago how she sort of she sort of separated church and state so to speak when she went on to. Mm-hmm the game uh, and you talked about you know when you're excited about something it's hard to sort of to not talk about it at all but like did you have to sort of suppress like being a missionary to to feel like you could advance at certain times or you know how did you focus on those two different pictures i guess yeah i didn't feel like i had to change anything about myself um there were times when it was harder and times it was easier on the millennial tribe i felt like I could be exactly myself. And then after the tribe swap, I felt definitely more on the outs, and that included my beliefs. You know, like me and my faith, my beliefs were definitely not the popular uh, the popular ones. However, that didn't keep me from feeling the freedom to, like, go off in the mornings and, and pray and meditate or to, to answer a question truthfully when, it, when something about my faith was brought up. So I, I didn't feel I didn't feel like I needed to separate the the two, and uh, I don't think I even could. Were you allowed to have a Bible with you? No, unfortunately. But I uh, I memorized a lot before going out there. So what, was was there one passage that um that kept you the most comfortable? There was a passage, and I haven't even had to look back at it or quote it for a long time, but. I think it was like Psalm 145 or 147, somewhere in there, that said something like, do not put your trust in, in, in humans or in princes who die, but put it in God who can save and who, you know, made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and everything in it. Uh, just something just kind of to remind me, like, whose approval is important and what really is, the, is my goal. You know, is my goal... Right a million dollars and to be famous or is my goal to, to live in a way that I feel good about and that I feel like God feels good about. Yeah. So let's, uh, if you want talk a little bit about what you do in real life, I guess, in your day job, um, because, yeah. you know, we're talking about sort of being reduced to this word missionary. So I guess sort of tell us a little yeah. bit about the actual extent of what you do. Bible translators, somewhat of a misnomer because we do a lot more than Bible translation. We work to, you know, bring Bible and church and community development to to the world. Um, So that includes a lot of, like, international literacy development work, a lot of places that, you know, don't even have a written language. Really cool, really cool work that I definitely see, you know, making the world a better place and, and transforming lives. And my job is primarily stateside. I travel around to schools and churches, universities and conferences, putting on a presentation for the need for Bible translation. I show people how it how it affects communities, and then I show people how they can get involved, um, and then help them do so. And, um, so what's the hardest thing uh, for you about being a Christian in your daily um and sort of your daily walk with working throughout, <laughs> throughout the country and traveling and going to conferences, like what, you know, just explain kind of the daily process now that you're back here off the The hardest thing, oh man, probably obedience. Uh, I'm not, I don't know, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not the most obedient. I, I feel <laughs> like uh, God has done a work in my life and like made me a truly compassionate and loving person. And that's definitely true. But then, you know, there's times that you don't understand why you're supposed to do something or not do something. Uh, and there's times you don't understand what God's doing. So there's a lot of, like, questions. And I'm not someone who is okay with not knowing or not understanding. I, I analyze a lot, and I need to know answers, concrete answers, before I move forward with things. So because of that, and because, because there is mystery involved, like, you're never going to understand God completely. Hopefully not. He's not very big. He can, I guess. That that aspect is tough for me because I always feel like I want to know more. Uh, yeah, those two aspects. Obedience and then being okay with not knowing why and how. And yeah. Would you say this um, sort of experience of sort of having yourself out that has helped open doors or do you think it's kind of 
in the Christian community, people are like, well, she just went on and was a flirt and played this reality TV show, or have you gotten positive or sort of negative pushback from your job and from the community that, you know, you were trying to reach? Yeah, so it was definitely a mix, a mixture. Um, for the most part, I would say uh, this has been great. It's opened a lot of doors. You know, I'll get to speak at, you know, big summer camps this summer to, to young people, high school age, and uh, different universities that I'm now able to speak at. Things like this is where my heart is. You know, I, I want to have encourage people to, to seek God and seek truth and, and make their life count, you know, and come to their deathbed not regretting how they lived their life and this has definitely opened those doors not to say it hasn't also brought on you know disapproval and you know that sort of thing from some some other fellow christians um and that was that was really tough because it was not a process i went through like hoping to get rich or famous or something you know it was it was a process that when it came to me it presented itself to me I prayed over it, fasted over it, discussed it with family and coworkers, and decided to move forward with it. And so when I started getting the, the you know, negative communication from fellow Christians, I internally was shouting, Be too, Brute? Really? <laughs> Come on. Uh, not you. Um, I thought we're on the same team, in a sense. But I, I do thank God that he surrounded me with with strong people that I respect and love that also love me and uh, I'm thinking specifically my co-workers at, at Pioneer Bible Translators. They were like my support and encouragers through the time. Uh, that was really a really special time. Right. And, you know, I, I'm not going to get political, I guess, but it, it must have been weird sort of being a Christian on TV in 2016 and coming back from the island and, and being like, I mean, not only did you miss 40 days of what was surely, I don't remember what the period was that you guys were there, but surely just craziness yeah. as far as the Amer American news cycle goes. Yeah. But yeah, was, and, um, <laughs> go unfortunately, ahead. there's a lot of like misconceptions with that, too. You know, people assuming what me as a Christian must think about this or that political subject or whatever, you know. Mm. What's the toughest thing, or I guess the most common thing you hear when you're doing missionary work and people are like, yeah, you know, I, I mean, and maybe even Survivor helped with this too, but people that are just like, ah, you know, I just, I can't believe that because of this. Hmm. A common thing is, is simply like not understanding how a good, powerful God can be good and powerful if this is what our world looks like. And that's actually, like, that's a huge question and a valid question, knowing that everywhere you look, on every level of society, everywhere in the world, there's pain and suffering. How could, you know, if God is powerful enough to stop this or to change it, you know, why doesn't he? I feel like that's kind of, that's a common thing that people ask, you know, the problem of pain. Right. And I think I think the question is actually slightly different than, than posed, because... I think we all know that most of the pain in the world is caused by humans. You know, mm -hmm. we are the ones that cause the pain, and we don't want we don't want to stop. You know, we want other people to stop causing us pain, but we don't want to stop causing them pain. Mm -hmm. uh, and so the question is actually, I think, different. I think it's more, why doesn't God do everything the way I want Him to do it? Right. <laughs> uh, and. And I think that's, I think all of us kind of have to sift through and feel our way, I guess, toward God and ask those questions to him firsthand. I think that's the only way to, you know, be convinced of faith. I don't think I could convince somebody to have faith. Mm -hmm. Speaking yeah. of pain, and this is the last question I, I want to ask before we get into some of the fun rapid fire stuff here. Um, okay. You're now a woman on Twitter and a woman on the internet. <laughs> so, like, I feel like even just following you on Twitter, I've seen people just be like, oh, man, I would really like her if she wasn't a Christian, or, like, just, just, just like, hateful internet troll yeah. stuff. Yeah. And maybe it's easy for you to separate that, but I'm just curious because I know that a lot of women just don't feel safe on the internet. 
So I'm curious, sort of, now that you're now that you're thrust into that, like, how have you dealt with that? Yeah. Oh man. So there's definitely there was definitely a, a couple days or a few days that comments or tweets or whatever got to me, and it was rough for for those times. But somehow I think I've had the grace now to overlook it and just realize. Um, almost feel, I don't want to say it that way, I don't want to say that I feel bad for the people making the comments, but yeah. I think I noticed that if if maybe they knew me, or if they asked questions before judging, maybe they'd have a different point of view. And people are allowed to have opinions, so I don't know, it, it's kind of just another telltale sign, I guess, of our, of our society and of our culture. Uh, we're starting to lose not even starting, we're full-on losing the realization that humans are sacred and deserve respect, you know, bearing the image of God. And I definitely have, uh, it's turned me into, and I don't like this about myself lately, it's turned me into having to check my phone and my social media more often in case somebody posted something really evil or yucky and something I could delete or, mm. calm, you know, calm a storm or something. And I don't like that feeling. I don't like feeling like, oh, I have to watch out for trolls now on the yeah. internet. Uh, but nevertheless, that's for better or worse, that's what how I feel. Right. Anything else uh, that you've been thinking about in regards to all this big picture stuff? Or do you want to get into some of the fun rapid fire questions? Oh, man. Uh, let's get into the, the rapid fire. <laughs> all right. First question. Uh, can you convince my friends to stop calling me tails because... They won't stop me thanks to this season of Survivor. They will never stop. <laughs> oh, don't stop. <laughs> yes. Alright. We're All right. just looking for a spiggy. <laughs> Alright, I'm just kidding. Okay, so uh Ty, you wanna start us off? Let's go in a circle. What is your favorite movie? I don't really watch I don't really watch movies. Um let's say uh The Painted Veil. That's the one I've watched the most. Wow. What's the last movie you saw in a theater? <laughs> These are the wrong questions. I can't remember. I can't remember. I'm a terrible millennial. <laughs> All right. All right. Here's... Hope, how about this? How about this? I hope the next movie I see is La La Land. Oh, good choice. Oh, my good gosh. call. Great we actually call. have a podcast episode about that. Just a little plug. Plug for the Foxworthy Podcast. <laughs> On the Foxworthy Podcast. What, what is your favorite book besides any of the books in the Bible? Besides any of the books in the Bible. Okay. Jordan, did you want to okay. jump in here? Make sure you get Wait, over the mic. Get over, get over the mic. Yeah, skip around. Um, okay, uh, tea or coffee? Tea, absolutely. Hands down. Okay, and along with that, cupcake or muffin? <laughs> cupcake. Okay, very good. <laughs> Favorite castaway from the, your season? From my season? Yeah. Oh, that's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, uh, skip. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you get a couple of skips. <laughs> We let you tie for first on your favorite book, so. Oh, do you have a tattoo? <laughs> do I have what? A tattoo. I do. I have one tattoo. Oh. It's of the Jesus, the Jesus fish breathing out music notes. Favorite place you've traveled? Probably southern Spain, uh, Sevilla. Uh, so many mm. beautiful trees and like architecture. Everything you, everywhere you look, it's beautiful. Did you go to college and where? I went to way too many colleges. <laughs> favorite? Do you have a favorite? <laughs> How many? Uh, University of Washington. Maybe hmm. maybe University of Washington was my favorite. Okay. How many did you go to? Okay. Uh, <laughs> you can't remember? Central Washington University, Yakima Valley Community College, University of Washington. I'm missing some bigger ones. Oh, University of Portland. I went online to Corbin University, uh, and I enrolled at two others but never attended. Oh my gosh. Do you have your doctorate? Yeah, <laughs> 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 uh, Favorite word? Uh, exploration. 
Hmm. Oh, does time exist? <laughs> oh, you know what? I actually did a, a report on the perception of time, and it's crazy how subjective time is. Yeah, give us, how, like, give us a blur. Okay, so apparently uh, there's a condition, and I don't remember what it's called, but it makes you think that time is going much faster than it is, or much like it just affects how you experience time. Mm-hmm. And for instance, uh, if you get like a brain tumor or something on a certain part of your brain, uh, everything seems like it's going really fast, but you are actually going really slow. And so there's like videos of somebody just wiping their nose with a Kleenex, and it takes them like an hour to do so because they don't realize time is moving the way it is. That's so trippy. Wow, that was a good yeah. question then. Okay, I have a question. Go. Come close to the um, mic. Do you do you eat meat? That's the first part. I do. Okay, how do you like your steak cooked? Uh medium. Okay. Wrong. I like, I like pink in there, but I don't like it like bloody. <laughs> That's yeah. how it's how it's supposed mm. to be. <laughs> yeah. What's the longest consecutive time you've ever been in a car? Oh. Oh. Uh I've done a lot of road trips recently, uh, in the past you know, few years, probably down to Dallas was probably my longest, but without like actually stopping at all, probably 19 hours from, from Denver to Yakima, I think. Yeah. Like that. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I mean, of course, like we stopped to put gas in the car, but we just rotated drivers until we got home. What's your biggest pet peeve? Um, windshield wipers on a dry window or, <laughs> uh, <laughs> or when people call me an extrovert. Yeah. Oh, Why? U.S. state. Oh, uh, sorry, Texas. <laughs> oh. <laughs> hey, okay. I have to. Can I explain? Yes. Yeah. Please. I, in, in addition to being a rock climber with no mountains around, in addition to being a highliner with no chasms around, um, when I was living in Dallas, I also was bit by a flea that gave me. Get this. The bubonic plague. Oh, what? Wait, Gosh. wait what? what year were you born? It actually, yes, it actually still exists. And I was one of 15 people to, to get it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. Well, we're glad you, uh, we're glad the technology advanced enough that they could knock it out real You're quick. Not dead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, sorry, Texas. Um, have, have you ever worried that you may wake up one day and everything you know is different and you are a completely different person. Wait, I should say, if this question doesn't make any sense, this is like one of Levi's weird things that he is like stuck on. He'll bring it up like once a week. He's like, guys, what if you woke up and everything was different? Okay. Do you ever worry? No, now I'm gonna start. Yeah. What if if you woke up and you, you just sit up straight in bed, you turn to the side, and you're married to somebody. And you're like, how did this happen? Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah. You missed part of your life, and now your life's different. Oh, my gosh. Um, I do. Okay, I'll give you this. I actually worry or think about, like, what if I'm dreaming right now? Right. Like, my whole life for the last, like, ten years has been a dream. Because I've had dreams that I felt, like, lasted two weeks. Oh, wow. That, like, blew my mind when I woke up. I was like, <laughs> I started crying, or maybe I did start crying. I was like, no, I just lived for two weeks. You're not telling me that's a dream. Oh, my gosh. It was crazy. Let's run through a bunch of uh, either or real quick. Let's just go in a circle and run through this list. Ty, okay. do the first one. Cats and dogs. Dogs. Hot or cold weather? Uh, uh, I gotta go with hot, because you can still go outside and not climb and stuff. All right, you're two for two so far. Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or Snapchat? Probably. Mm-hmm. Phone call or text? Depends on the subject matter. If it's if somebody needs information from me, I'd rather them just call me and get it over within thirty seconds. <laughs> but music, yeah. music or podcasts? Fifty-fifty. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. Oh, sure. That's the best response. Uh, iPhone or Android? I have an Android. I'm not saying I'm. Close enough. You're wrong. Uh, laundry or dishes? Well, like which one's better or which one's worse? Ooh, I don't know. Ooh, I, I, 
Uh, it depends how much time I have. If I'm not, if I don't have much time, I'd rather do laundry because it's quicker to just throw it in and turn it on. But if I have more time, I kind of like doing soapy, like soapy dishes. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm with you. I Wait, the dishes it. take longer than the laundry. I prefer the dishes. Well, yeah. you have to hand wash the dishes, but not. I mean, if you're the standing laundry. there washing them. I get, oh uh, yeah, I guess. Chocolate or vanilla? Chocolate. Yeah. Wrong. Um, <laughs> uh, more important in a partner, intelligent or funny? I mean both. I'm sorry. Intelligent, you're usually funny too. So I'm So she does yeah. think time that's exists. My, so that's time my does exist. Power. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, that's all the either or. We just have, I think, five more, right? We're going to knock these out. Yeah, wait, wait. Ty has a sixth one. Ty, do yours real quick. Okay. If you could have dinner with one person, past or present, fictional or real, who would it be? Minus Jesus. <laughs> well, we'll just say other than Jesus because I I think you know okay. even even non even non Christian people would probably say Jesus right because they'd be like well I mean if okay <laughs> yeah yeah okay so maybe like Elijah because he saw some crazy stuff <laughs> yeah. he did some crazy stuff and yet in James we did you know he's like well Elijah was a man just like us yet he prayed fervently and this is what God did. So I think I would like to like pray fervently with Elijah for a little bit. So we told her. So we said, "Don't say Jesus." So we just went to a different Bible verse. <laughs> How many languages can you speak? Uh, only English, really. I used to be conversational, maybe in, in Spanish and in German. Uh, I, went, I lived in Germany very briefly, going to the language school there, and then traveling around a bit. And then I also write in my own language. What? You, wait, wait, back up? <laughs> <laughs> I realize, I'm starting to realize that's less normal than I expected it to be. But um, uh, I have my own language that I write in, and it's a phonetic language, so I don't have to worry about spelling. Uh, but it's something nobody else can read, but that I can read. And so it lets me be able to like write literally everything on my heart and in my mind without worrying that somebody will think I'm a weirdo. Oh, no, that's not weird at all. Don't worry. <laughs> what, is, what is one invention the world absolutely needs? No, I don't. I don't. I think we have everything we need. But if Aww. I could invent one thing on my own, it would be an app that gives the awkward Bible verse of the day. That's a, that's a good one. There's uh, plenty of them in there. So. Jordan, did you want this question? I know. I'm going to ask this question oh, you, for my wife. <laughs> On a scale of 1 to 10, how cool are you? <laughs> oh, gosh. I give myself a solid 6. 6.7. Six oh, that's pretty good. <laughs> Respectable, but not arrogant. Respectable. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. What is your favorite Bible translation? And I hope you pick the one with unicorns. Thoughts on the message? Um, 
intended to be like a uh, a formally equivalent translation of the Bible. It's right. not intended to be anything but a uh, like what do you call that? Somebody's almost like a you know shortened commentary on each verse. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if that speaks to you, then let it speak to you. I guess. But uh, just because I know translation is already in depth and somewhat subjective, so I want to stick as close to possible. But yeah. All right. This is the last question. This has been a lot of fun. I think we could probably do this for hours with Michelle. She's super fun. But what slogan would you like? What's your life motto? What what slogan would you use to describe Michelle as as yourself? I think something I always come back to is, "Will this matter for eternity?" You know. Making making your life matter, not just in the next year or five years, but the next, you know, 500 years, 5,000 years. I, I don't know about you guys. I think that's a good note to leave it on. I'm going to spend the rest of the night considering my whole life. Thank you, Michelle. <laughs> and, and now thanks to you, Michelle's going to be considering what's going to happen if she wakes up and everything's different. <laughs> I know. It's now a real concern. <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, anything else, guys? Anything else you want to add, Michelle? I, I, that was fun. I, I had fun talking about Survivor, about faith, about everything with you guys. Perfect, perfect. All right, well, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, oh, oh, wait, we got to ask you, uh, do you want to go back on Survivor? Yes, I do. <laughs> I do. It, you know... You have to want to. It was a crazy. It's a coolest experience. All right. Like climbing well. a mountain, even though it's awful, you want to do it again. <laughs> we're we're going to be applying in the next in the next season. Are so, we? Are we? Yes, we are now. Can you put a good <laughs> good word in for us, please? Yeah, you let me know when you apply. Oh, for real? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, that sounds good. <laughs> um. All right. Well, yeah. Thanks for joining us. This was super fun. Uh, and we'd, we'd be thrilled to have you back on anytime um, to talk Survivor or really life, it sounds like. Um, yeah, thanks. But, uh, Jordan? Yeah, it's so nice to meet you, Michelle. Seriously, thank you. Yeah, likewise. And, thanks, uh, and Levi was here. Yeah. Sign off. You have a sign off? Um, That's the way the news goes. <laughs> no? Uh, I grass. Grass tastes bad. Grass tastes bad. Now we're getting really obscure. Ty, say goodbye to the people. Uh, Thanks for listening. Until next time. Twitter. Oh, are we doing Twitters? We always do Twitters. You guys can just follow us. I really like Twitters. On Twitter at TylerBComments. And I'm at Gaines Taylor. I'm at LeviTheBradford. And Jordan never remembers hers. Uh, and Michelle, you can say yours if you know it. Yeah, I am at Miss Shell Schubert. M S Shell, like C Shell Schubert. Oh, and it looks like you just tweeted out your Snapchat. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> to many, many direct messages. What's your Snapchat? What's your Snapchat? <laughs> but before we sign off, what does Tetracorn dreams mean? Okay, so Tetracorn is. Like a unicorn, but Tetra, of course, means four. Four horns? I envision a Tetracorn being a unicorn four horns, like vertically down the front of its head, or like kind of like a mohawk over its head or something. That's amazing. Oh my gosh, we really could talk to Michelle forever. Okay, we have to end it for now. This is the end of Michelle's at least first appearance on the podcast. Can we say that? Is that that safe? (laughs) All right, well... Thanks for joining us. Thanks, everybody, for listening. This is the Foxworthy Podcast, and if you like it, subscribe and rate and review it or whatever you're supposed to do on iTunes to make podcasts popular. Uh, Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye! Foxworthy.
Podcast.